Hello, my friends, Brett Patterson here coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah, where it is a little different environment than past podcasts. And what I mean by that, my friends, is it's gloomy out there. Uh, the fear in the market, the market's down 30%, and depending upon the day, could go down more. Right now, 30% from its highs. And the fear that is out in the market is real. We're in the midst of a bear market, a coronavirus, which brings unknown to the world and to our country. And the fear that I'm seeing, that I'm hearing, is, is greater than that of 2008. And instead of bringing up bear market charts and, hey, the statistics say that we should be buying right now and and all that so we're throwing that out the window today because i just want to focus on you and how you're feeling and how we're going to overcome this fear together and to do that we invited a very special friend of iron gate global he does some marketing uh, and some consulting for us he he works uh, in the medical sales field he comes into our office regularly and we talk and he, i find his stories so applicable to the markets in so many ways. And Jed DeVries is here with us today. How are we doing today, Jed? Good. Glad to be here. Glad you made it in. Glad you made it in. And just so everybody knows, you know, not only did we have the coronavirus here in Utah, we had an earthquake yesterday. So it's like piling bad on top of bad. And, and really, the one thing we all know is that this life of investing, heck, this life period, but specifically with investing, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. The focus is years and decades. It's not months. And that's applicable in so many ways, especially with Jed. Jed has run many ultra marathons and is probably the fittest guy we know and could probably you know, pick up my car and throw it 30 feet. I mean, he, he's, he's a beast. That I wanted to bring him in and talk about that and how it relates to the market. Okay. Hey, thanks for the uh, introduction, Brett. So let me back up a little bit. So I'm a very novice marathoner, very novice ultra marathoner, but it's something me and my wife enjoy doing and I enjoy doing with friends. And the reason I'm here really is because we've talked about these different stories and how they apply just to mindset and emotion. So like, so marathons and ultra marathons and just endurance runs or endurance things in general are very emotional um, taxing. Physical is one thing, but the emotion piece is another thing. And so you're right. It's gloomy out there and, it, and it's blue. And, and every time I listen to your podcast or come in here, I get a sense of comfort from you guys because you've been through this before. And we know what the end game is. We know that it's going to come out. We know that now's the smart time to be buying and things are on sale. But like a marathon or an ultra marathon, it doesn't make it any easier. I don't care if you've run a hundred or I don't care if you've run five. It doesn't, the gut punches are real. So when we were talking, we were telling a story about the first time I'd ever done an ultra marathon. So to be so your listeners know the ultra marathons are broken into, they're generally done on trails, but they're broken in different categories. There's a hundred miler, 
there's a 100K, which is 64 miles. There's a 50 miler, and then there's a 50K, which is 32 miles. Those are considered ultra marathons just because they're further than the road. But they're generally done on trails and up mountains and on single track, and it's more of an endurance run. You really have to manage your emotions and you have to manage your nutrition and your and your fluids to get through them so it's not something that's done for speed thank goodness because i'm not fast i'm always the guy that finishes at the end always we do it as a hobby and uh just a way to stay i guess sharp and and so my first ultra marathon um i'd never been through a hundred miler before i'd done a 50 miler before and that was really really tough i did it with friend but my first hundred miler I didn't know what to expect, so my wife and some of my friends were my crew. And I remember coming into mile 62, I think, and all my feet had blisters all over them. They were just full blisters. Every time I'd come into an aid station, my wife would pull a pin off my bib, and she'd pop the blisters, and she'd put moleskin on me, and she's like, oh, you're good to go. Well, I come into mile 62, and I was done. I'd had it. Like, literally, I said, I'm done. Uh, if you can't fix my feet, I, I can't go on. What does it feel like you're running on blisters? Like, what does that feel like? It's painful, right? It, is, it hurts. There's nothing fun about it. So there's inevitably, you're like, why am I doing this? Like, what is the upside of me doing? Now, maybe there's some people out there that love that part of it, but like, it's ta- like, it's painful. It hurts, right? So I couldn't, I mean, literally trying to take steps. It was like watching, walking on broken glass. And so I'm like, tell my wife, I'm like, if you can't fix my feet, I'm done. And so she knows, like, yep, he's borderline looking for an out here. Like, if, if I can't get him squared away and finish, we can't. So she literally took the pin off my thing, popped all the blisters, put tape. She goes, nope, you're fixed. You're good to go. Go. And uh, knowing that I was in pain and knowing that it's still going to keep hurting, but she's like, no, you're as fixed as you're going to get. The finish is in front of you. Go. And so, I mean, I literally, I just soldiered on and eventually, believe it or not, eventually it ended and I finished, crossed the finish line. And that was like an unbelievable feeling. And I say this to people all the time. I've said it to kids I've coached. I've said it to uh, football teams I talk to or, or people in the business world or, or the, you know, like the fitness world. Like if I look back on my life, literally when I look back on my life, anything great, true great, like great in my world, great for me, has always been on the other side of hardship. And I bet if you were to ask your listeners or ask yourself, like, I'm looking back at my life, what were like defining moments? What were big accomplishment things that I literally like draw on? They would inevitably, they're always on the other side of hardship. So, so, so your wife in this instance saw the fear in your eyes. Yeah. Saw that you wanted to quit. Yes. But didn't give you the out. She didn't give me an out. And she knew, I think she knew that it would eat at me and I would pay for it down the road. I, she knew that if I, if I took the out, I would never not think about why didn't I endure? Why didn't I endure? So, and completely agree with you, Jed. Hardship, they're going to happen. They do happen. Yes. But the reward on the other side of that is, is enormous and so fulfilling. But, but tell me this. Has there ever been a time to where you took the out? Yes. And how did you feel afterwards? <laughs> yes. So that's just what we were saying earlier, right? Like you guys here have been through multiple corrections. And I and I love it because when I come in here and things are good, you're like, yep. And when there's a correction, we're going to be able to get in a new position and buy a chip. And then it comes out of it. And, 
And I, the, the current company I work for, I remember we made a, an acquisition of another company and our stock crashed. Well, we just have an employee stock plan that we're part of and X amount comes out of our check each month. And I just, I guess I was too lazy or didn't, what, there wasn't a foresight to think about like, hey, should I be pulling out of the, I just, just kept it going, just kept it going. The withdrawals were coming every month, withdrawals were coming every month. And I look back five years later, well, it's actually 10 years later, and I'm like, holy cow, I'm glad that happened. Because I went through like a two-year span of being able to buy and be part of this program at such a low cost. And here it is back to where it was before. And my portfolio, and it was nothing I did. It was just I stuck to the script, stuck to the script. So uh, another ultra marathon I've done. So I've done a handful of them, and every single one of them, and when I say a handful, less than 10 ultra marathons, right? Yeah. So I've done a handful of them. And every single one of them has challenges. Going into them, you know there's going to be a challenge. But it's funny how after you finish and you feel the, the overwhelming sense of accomplishment and uh, the, the rewards, right? You kind of forget about the hardship. And you forget about the challenge and, the, and you forget about wanting to quit and you forget about the tough times of it because you, you have such a sense of accomplishment. You can't wait to sign up for another one. Well, I was doing one, the Bryce Canyon 100. And it was like record hot and crazy climbs. And I remember going into like literally mile, I want to say it was 58 or 60. And I was so like uh, rubbed raw, like chafed, so chafed that I was like hobbling into the aid station. And when I got to the aid station, I literally, with the people at the aid station, I'm like, do you have any kind of salve or, or Vaseline or need something I can put on? Just sa-. And the lady's like, yes. And so she hands me a bottle, she hands it to me, I just start caking it on like my inner thigh, places that you would need because you're chafing. Right. She handed me Icy Hot. And oh. I was like, are you <laughs> so, oh. was, so I was like, I can barely walk anyway, and I'm hurting, and I'm aching, and I've got Icy Hot now, and I'm like, can someone please hand me a wet wipe? Or put, I mean, it was like one body blow after another body blow. So I've run out of water between that icy hot situation and the next aid station. I run out of water. I get to the aid station and I, I've got a time cut off between now, then and mile 82. So I'm like, if I can just make it to mile 82 before the cutoff station, you know, cutoff time, I'm allowed to keep going. So off I go. And I start getting the like the tunnel vision, the dehydration and the tunnel vision, and it's really steep. And so I'm tripping a few different times. And everything I knew, the emo- my emotions became too great, right? Everything I knew about, oh, it's going to be hard, and I'm going to run into hardships, and it's gonna, I'm going to have to really endure. You don't think about any of that. That's windows. It's all out the window, and you're just going into survival mode, right? Mm-hmm. So. From there into mile 82, I'm getting tunnel vision. I'm getting tunnel vision. I think I've told you a story before. I remember looking over in the woods going, that is a red. Why would someone bring a Corvette, like a beautiful red Corvette, and park it on this trail? Like, it's going to get all dusty. How'd they even get it in? Like, that's crazy. And, and yeah, I mean, you're conscious, but then it dawns on me like, there's not a there's not a car there. That's a log. Like you couldn't get a mule in there, let a car. Like, so you start your blind starts doing things and starts playing with you. So... I finally get into mile 82, right? And just for a split second, I kind of blacked out just a little bit. And I fell into the table, had a bunch of Gatorade on it, and the stuff falls all over. And the guy at the race, the, one of the race people, the aid station there, he goes, oh, you're done. And that's all I needed. That's all I hear is, oh, you're done. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm out. 
Done. You quit. Yeah, I'm, I quit. It's my lady too. The reality was, Brett, I had an hour. I had a whole hour that I could have said, if I would have had my wits and I didn't let my emotions take over, I could have said, hold on a minute. I got an hour till the cutoff time. Let me get some fluids. Let me rest. Let me get my wits about me. And then we'll see how I feel at the cutoff time. Well, sure enough, an hour later, because I'd quit, I'm out, boom, they put me in the they put me in a van going across the desert, get me back to an hour later, I was like, what have I done? And I literally that stuck with me ever since. It's like I had 18, I could have walked 18 miles. I just needed to get my wits about me and not be a prisoner of the moment. And and it happens. And gave into fear. I gave into fear. And, and I gave into the tunnel vision. And the and pain. The, yes. Uh, so you know what that guy, Jed, at the at the aid station reminds me of? He reminds me, the guy that said, oh, you're done. Quit. He reminds me of the media right now. Yes. What are we hearing in the media right oh, now? I can't even watch the media. Depression is happening. Yes. Um, everyone's, I mean, I listened to Bill Ackman yesterday on CNBC and he said, hell is coming. And I'm thinking, what? What is he saying? That's the guy at the aid station. Yes. You gave in, but you also felt after that terrible for giving into the fear and the unknown and the pain. And it still eats at me and it's still a lesson I draw on. And I don't think the guy had any bad intentions whatsoever. He was looking out for my well-being. He was like, wow, this, I mean, that's... You just literally fell, passed out into the table. I mean, I mean, he was he was doing his job, but I knew better. But I that was all at the window. Yeah, it was all at the window. I knew better. I've been through it. I knew that hard times were coming. I knew, and it still scared me to death. And the tunnel vision and the seeing things and not having the water. And then when I kind of blacked out just a little bit, and the, the truth was, I just because you know what, shockingly, shockingly, time passed. That race was over. A friend of mine I was running with, Clint Brenner, who I run a lot of races with, um, Clint did finish that race. And Clint had this shiny 100-miler buckle, and I had nothing, like a mug for going 50 miles. And I was like, it was because I let my emotions get the best of me. Which is a totally normal reaction, right, for people. And that's, I think that's what the media wants you to do right now. I mean, throw in the towel. It's so depressing to listen to. And you quit and you regretted it. And But tell me about a time that you finished and it was the exact opposite of that, even though the trial was just as great. Okay, I love this. This Okay, um, we did the Zion 100K and I did it with my wife and my son. It was my wife's first 100K and my son's first ultra marathon. He was 19 years old at the time. So... I had a sense of responsibility, right? Because I've done it before. But literally, I beforehand, I'd let them all know, like, look, it, we're, it's going to be tough. We're going to run into hardship. The, the, the greatness on the other side, I can't explain it. But it's going to open garage doors in your mind, and you're going to continue, and you'll want to do more. You're going to love it. So we start this run, and we get to about mile 30, and there's a race every year called um, the Western States. It's kind of like the Boston Marathon of Ultra Marathons. It's the Holy Grail. And so many people put in for it, and you have to qualify to put in, and they have a few golden tickets for like the all-star runners that they win a race, they get to get in. And so our goal was we want to qualify, do a qualifying time for this. So my son at mile 30 goes, hey, you're not going fast enough. I'm out of here. And he's just spring like a rabbit. Boom, takes off. And well, at mile 
40, I think mile 40, 42, we had an aid station with a bag there that had headlights in it because it gets dark at night, right? Well, someone had moved our bag and he hit the aid station before we hit it. So he's like, oh, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to just, I'll see if I can get home before dark, you know, get the finish line before yeah. dark. Well, we keep following. We get me and uh, Amy get to the aid station. We're looking around for our bag and we finally find it and we're like, Oh, he didn't take any headlights. Hopefully he can make it or he can hook up with someone that can, you know, finish. Well, sure enough, we get, now this is a hundred K, so it's 62 miles. We get to mile 50 and there he is waiting for us at the side of the trail because it's pitch black. Just our luck, body blow, no moon that night. It's pitch black. Hmm. Well, he had to wait 45 minutes for us. So if you can imagine running 50 miles, and then saying, okay, stop. You can probably barely walk. Yeah, yeah. Stop. You got 45 minutes to do nothing and sit here. His body, he was completely locked up. Like locked up, froze up, couldn't take another step. And so my wife gives him her light. So we got two lights for the three of us and we're trying to get down. And I mean, he was a soldier. He was a warrior because he was like, no, let's keep going. And I could see his body was locking up. Right. So then my wife who had a great run. I mean, she sprang through the whole run and she, it was one of those good days. You have good days and bad days. What a great day to have a good day because she saw someone else struggling, especially her son struggling. Um, now the mother bear started coming out in her. And now, so she started struggling, right? And so now we're to a point, we're really only 12 miles from the finish, but you can kind of see the lights of the finish. I've ran this course before. I've done this run before. You can see where the finish is. And I'm like, that's the finish right there, guys. If we can just make it to that, we can get, you know, there's a finish. Just like the market, right? We've been through this. We know there's an we know there's a finish. Well, because it's pitch black, we couldn't see the trail. And sure enough, the trail turned and started going away from the finish line. Further away. So he's locked up after 50 miles. My feet, I'm reaching down, trying, and I'm trying to be the strong one, right? Because I feel some obligation. It's their first one, and I reach down, and I'm trying to adjust my socks, and my hands have blood all over them because all my blisters are bleeding. And we start going away from the finish line. And now at 19, and he's uh, with me and his mother, and he starts cussing. <laughs> he starts saying, like, he's mad. Like, this is... The emotions of yeah. God, him, right? And this yeah. is a, a, and he's a great athlete. And just the fact that he's doing this at 19 years old, we were like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. The emotions got him. And then when they got him, then they got his mother because literally we're going away from the finish line. Then they got me. Now I've been through this before multiple times. I've succeeded and I've failed and I've took that lesson of failing and quitting and I'll never quit again. They're going to have to kill me before they take me off this course. And I still, still, it still hurt and I still like, hmm, maybe if I could just, I don't know, fall and break my leg, all three of us will have to go. Like literally that's a better that's option. What, than, that's what's yes, going through your that's mind. That's a better option than finishing, wow. right? So we're going further away from it and finally we make the loop. And I swear it was like a mile the wrong direction. We start heading back to the lights. And I'm like, you can see the lights. They're just, you know, around this corner. You can, it was dark, 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 but you could see it almost felt like you could touch it. And sure enough body blow the trail turned again and this time it didn't just go away it went started climbing back towards the mesa like so now we're going up climbing away from the finish and you can see some lights clear up clear 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 up on on the kind of by the mesa i'm like if that's where we're going i'm not we're not going to make it 
And now I've got my wife and son telling me, they're like, you don't need to lie to us. Why are you lying? I'm like, I'm not lying. That's the finish. I didn't know this curve. I didn't know this curveball was coming our way. So sure enough, we we just kept going and going. And thank goodness Amy was there because she was trying to peace build between the two of us and you know, get us to the finish line. Sure. Wouldn't you know it? Sure enough, eventually we crossed the finish line. And I saw it with my own eyes. And it was the most amazing thing. And I'll take it to my grave. It was amazing. I watched a group of people be in the lowest of lows, the depths, like it's the end of the world. Like I literally, I was, I'm hoping to maybe fall to break a leg so I, so we can get it right off the course, right? Yeah. Knowing, I mean, having drawn through all the experience I've drawn through on these things, I'm still looking for a mercy bullet. And I watched a group of people go from the darkest depths to utter enjoyment and, and thrilled and happy and just such a sense of accomplishment and i can't believe we just accomplished that we qualified for the time we were after and it was literally um uh greatness it was on the other side of hardship and and if you literally think about that and i think if your listeners think about it i'll bet they on two hands can count in their life true great like when i talk greatness i'm talking like your eyes well up with tears kind of greatness i'll bet they can count on two hands how many times that's happened in life and I can promise you it's always been on the back of heart. Always. And so this is what we're going through now. Like I see it and, and it's like one more body blow after another body blow. And I remember the correction happens. Like, yep, been here before. We got to put money in it. Still hurts. It still hurts. But guess what? We've taken more body blows. And then, oh, this is shutting down or this is closing down. Yesterday we had an earthquake here. I saw people 50 cars deep trying to get gas. And today driving in here, there was like no lines at any gas stations. Like, it ends. I mean, these type of things, I say this to my son, I'm like, it will break the boy in you, but it will not break the man. And at the end of the day, the men are standing. And I guess the women are standing too. The one thing I can promise, every one of those races, every one of the ones I've done, they've ended. There's been a finish to them. And you either finish standing or you don't finish. And there's no magic. It's not like I'm some great, like I said, I'm like the slowest runner. Everybody's faster than me. It's just a matter, matter of like sticking to embracing the suck, embracing the hardship. Um, I got a great story about uh, Amy was on a, a marathon with a friend of hers and they were struggling and they ran into another guy that was struggling. They told him a story about trudging. You know what trudging is? You're trudging? No, no. So trudging, it happened way back in the war. Man, I'm going to butcher this story. I wish I would have looked up the exact details before, but it, it, it in a nutshell, from 3,000 feet, the British were there in their ships in the harbor, and they had uh, a ship cornered. It was pinned in the harbor, and nightfall came. And their only way to get out from this trap where all the British were you know, going to attack it, they took a rowboat, and they put towels on their, on their chains of their anchor, and they rowed it way out, and they set the anchor in, and then they pulled themselves to the anchor. And then they rode the anchor way out and they pulled themselves to the anchor. Wow, okay. And so he's telling the story about trudging and sometimes during this stuff, you just got to p- find a point in time and you trudge to that point. Well, then the next morning, the lights, you know, it's light enough to see and they're not in harm's way. They've got themselves out of danger. And so they use that analogy, the whole run, trudging to get, they'd find a tree. We just got to make it to that tree. Oh, there's a light pole. We just got to make that light pole. Eventually, shockingly, the race is over. And so then they have this great difficulty, hardship story of trudging they can tell. It's not going to be, so it's not easy. 
Like you've been through these. We know what's happening. We know that it's going to come out of it. We know that the companies we own here are quality companies and they're part of the future. They're actually a key part of building the future and it coming back. Like that's literally the companies we own. It's still just like every one of these races. It's still hard. I don't care if you know it's coming. I don't care if you say, look, the, the market is going to be a bear market. And I, you could even give me the date that it's not going to be a bear market. While it's a bear market, it hurts. It's hard. It's hard to see your wealth d- diminish. But then it is at the same time, it's an opportunity. Just like these runs when it's so hard and, and you're in the middle of the, the depths of what you think is hell and you find the spot, a garage door opens in your brain and you find a way to endure and keep going. And I mean, we're, this is kind of making it, we're making it about ultra marathons. We're making it about hard things. But I, this is a true story. Every year for the Ogden Marathon, we try to run it. Me and my wife try to run it with someone who hasn't ran it before. Inevitably, it's always first-time runs. All right, one and done. It's on my bucket list. I want to run a marathon. It's my bucket list. I want to do it. And every year, every year, there's a point in that marathon. They're like, what have we done? Why are we doing this? Is I can't believe we're doing it. And it's not much longer after that. They always come, and they can probably tell you the spot on the course. I can tell you the spot on the course that happens. That They'll come back, and they'll go, yeah, you'll have to kill me before you'll drag me off this course. I'm finishing it. And they finish it. Well, every single one of the people who have been there, one and done, bucket list, one and done, they all sign up to do more. Uh, Brian Sell and Chet Talbot, who are clients, Iron Gate clients, they did that at the Ogden, one and done, just want to do one, put it on the bucket list. They ended up doing four that year. So, (laughs) I mean, the, the hardship, when I say greatness is on the other hardship, guys, there's an end to this. We all know it's coming, but we can't minimize how bad it hurts right now. But what we can do is can try and control our emotions, go, mm, I just got to get up. I just got to keep sticking to the script. I just got to believe in the core fundamentals. I got to go back to my training. And I wish I had a glass into the future and make it easier. But right now, I just have to stay firm and hold, hold strong to the fact that we're with smart guys in Iron Gate who have us in companies that are going to come out of this, who are part of the future. And believe it or not... As horrible as this is, you're going to look back someday and go, man, we got lucky. We were really able to buy stuff on sale. It was great. And like, yeah, I want to kind of write down how we're feeling right now. So when that time comes in two years, three years, four years, however long it is, you read that and go, to think I was going to quit that race at mile 82 and look where I am right now. What the heck? Jed, thanks for coming and sharing these experiences. I know just listening to you, uh, it it helps relinquish some of the fear or helps me focus on a brighter tomorrow. Except it helps you accept the fear maybe, right? It helps you accept the pain knowing that it's going to be over. Yep. hundred percent. Now clients, those that are listening to this, uh, we understand that you have those fears. They're real. We understand it. If you need to talk to us, we're here for you. Give us a call. Retirees. I, I think about you, uh, every hour, you're getting an, a paycheck every month from your investments. If there's any fear, and we've planned for this. We've planned for bear markets and how we're going to get your income to you. If there's any fear of that income disappearing or anything along those lines, call us. We'll talk to you. We've got the plan built. 
We know it works. We know it's we're going to endure. But if there is that fear and you need help with it, let us know. We're here to talk. And then for everybody else, like Jed said, what an opportunity, although it's harder. <laughs> it's hard to look at it that way. But what an opportunity to buy some great companies on sale right now. And we have a strategy for that as well. So let us know. Brent, don't you agree that uh, once this is over, we're going to get through it and then we're going to enjoy the, the happiness on the other side, right? Guess what? Just like another race, another one's going to come. And, and, as, and as prepared as we say we are and all we learn from this one and we know, guess what? That one's going to hurt too. But guess what? That one's going to be an opportunity to grow and learn and buy things on sale too. Like these are going to come, keep coming and somehow if you endure and you stick to the script, the greatness is on the other side. Amen, brother. <laughs> and with that, thanks for listening today, folks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.